This message is brought to you from Calon Church. We pray it encourages and inspires you. You all good? Oh, lovely, it's lovely to see you. Listen, today I'm going to get straight into it. So if you've got a Bible, light up, whatever. Um, I mean, we're going to be doing the book of Ruth. All of Ruth. Okay? Yeah. All of Ruth. Yes, we are. So I was, you know, praying on God and waiting on God for what he wanted to say. And, you know, lots and lots of words were coming to me. And, and it's not that these are new words that, that you know, it's Bible verses. And, and you know, we're saying it's for freedom that we have been set free. Those are the words of Jesus, aren't they? And he came to give us abundant life. Those are the words of Jesus, aren't they? He died that we might live. Those are the words of Jesus, aren't they? You will destroy this temple down, but in three days it will be built again. Yes, those are the words of Jesus. Jesus is all about restoration. He's all about revival. He's all about lifting us up and taking what was gone and creating it as if it was new. Yes, he is in the redemption business. Yes, yes, that's good news. Yes, all agreed, that's good. Well done, everyone, correct answer. Yes, oh, firing on all cylinders, I see this morning. Well done, church. So what we're going to do this morning, the, the, the title is Lose Control to Live in Freedom. Oh, people are like, I think I need the toilet, Andrea. Oh, I need a sandwich. I just need to leave the room right now. I want us to recognise this morning, today is not about condemnation. Today is about unlocking doors and being set free, amen? Today is about loosing chains that have been binding us for far too long. Today is about breaking mindsets that have nothing to do with Jesus and everything to do with keeping us down. Yes? So today is a day of change. Today is a day of restoration. Today is a day of revival. Yes? Are you excited? Hurrah! Hurrah! Because that's what I'm doing anyway. So even if you weren't, I was going to crack on, to be honest with you. So what we're going to do is, we're going to open up the book of Ruth. Now the book of Ruth, okay, is all about change. It's about change. And today, I just want us to recognise, if you think you're in control, you're not. Yeah, you're not. You see, the thing is, we think we're in control anyway. We have no control. And the second we realise that that is to our benefit, <coughs> the sooner we start living free. <coughs> yes? Because what happens is, when there are things we want to control, that's, that's fine, of course we should control some things. We need to control the words that come out of our mouth. Yeah? yeah? We need to control the thoughts in our head. We need to control the way we are with other people. We need to control all of that. But when we start imposing what we need to control onto other people, we become controlling people. Yes? Yeah. And that being controlling is nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. Is nothing to do with Jesus. Is nothing to do with anybody else but us. It's our need to be in control and to direct and dictate how everything goes. And friends, that is not of God. It is not of God. We are to live in freedom with ourselves and with all men. Worship our God in heaven as our holy saviour. Amen. That is the call upon our lives. The call upon our lives is to love. Are we ready? Oh, okay. So here we go. We're going to jump straight in. So just so, I, just so I've got, you know, a little bit of a straw poll, I can check. Everybody all right with living in freedom? Yeah. That everybody wants to do that, right? Because if you actually want to be in control, I've got a whole different sermon for that. Okay, are you all okay with living free? Right, Phil is okay with living free. Are we all all right with it? Because I'll tell you what, let's just go and have the tea and cake if you're not. Shall we we just crack on? You know, right. 
So, the book of Ruth. Everybody read the book of Ruth? Yeah. I must have read the book of Ruth about a million times. Not true. Many, 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 many times. And every time I am blown away by the beauty of the book of Ruth. If you've not read the book of Ruth, read the book of Ruth. It is astonishing. And every time I read the book of Ruth, I am astonished and grateful that the freedoms Christ Jesus has bought for me. Amen. It's in the Old Testament, but it stands today. I am blown apart by what God has done for me. And we take that freedom for granted. Yes? Because we don't appreciate it, maybe, as much as we should. And when I say that, I'm not saying that we're smug and complacent with it. I think we forget we are free. I think that's what we do. I don't think we are people who are, haha, I'm so free, I can do what I like, watch this. You know? I think we forget we're free and we allow the rules of the world and regulations of our own mind to take the place of the spirit in us. And we forget that it was for freedom Christ set us free. Yes? So today is all about freedom. So, number one on your list, how do we relinquish control and how do we live free? Well, here we go. We're going to start off with point number one. You ready? Mm -hmm. Say yes more. No, I'm not just saying that now. That's point number one, okay? Say yes more. So the book of Ruth, what happens right at the beginning of Ruth? Ruth, um, um, Naomi and her son move out of Israel and go to the Moabite land. And there they marry and have children. And there's a famine. And over time, Naomi's husband dies, and then later on, her sons die. So she's left on her own with her two daughters-in-law. There are no children. And they have to move and go back. And Naomi, can you put the verse up, please, Lee? So this is your first verse, okay? And you say yes more. So Naomi says to them, you need to leave me. Leave me. I can't provide you with sons. I can't provide you with anything. The men in our lives have died. And in this culture, if there were no men earning money, you starved. Okay? You starved. That's the way it worked. So what Naomi was saying was, I can't feed myself. And I can't feed you either. I don't expect you to be with me and die. Just go and be blessed somewhere else. And this is, and one of them does go. Oh, but with crying, with tears, goes. But this is what Ruth says to Naomi. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Amen. And she says, may the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely. Be it ever so severely if I depart from you. So your first yes is this. Say yes. Say yes. Sometimes opportunities present themselves as really hard work or as really counterintuitive choices. So a choice that, on the face of it, looks like something you would absolutely not want to do. In the modern world, following Jesus looks like something ridiculous to do. Doesn't it? Let's be honest. In the modern world, and we live in a time of real spiritual enlightenment, don't we? I think we live in a time where I can't remember a time where everybody is more woke. You know, there's everything about social justice, every spirituality has its own enlightenment to bring us, everything is about the positivity, positive thinking, none of those things are wrong in and of themselves, but they are not Jesus. And we forget that maybe something that sounds like a really good, positive, uplifting quote is not Jesus. 
The spirit of the living God is alive in us to will and to purpose and to determine what is good. Yes? And that is not a positive thinking quote. So sometimes I see things, you know, and I think, oh, that sounds really, really nice. But it isn't Jesus. I respect you if you respect me. Where does it say that in the Bible? It doesn't say that in the Bible. It says, I love you even if you hate me. Pray for your enemies. Yeah. Pray for those who despitefully use you. That's what the Bible says. That's what you're choosing to do when you say, my home will be your home. Your God will be my God when you walk that path. It's a change of mindset. Yes? So today, to live free, you say yes more. It's about changing your whole mindset. And this stuff costs you nothing. I would say every point I'm bringing you, it won't cost you anything materially. It may cost us our pride. It may cost us our self-control in terms of how controlling we are for what we want to do and what the bits we want to change. It might challenge the boundaries you put in your life for who gets forgiveness and who doesn't, for who gets your time and who doesn't, for who gets your love and who doesn't, I would suggest. But these are the things we are moving towards and we're to so say yes more. So what Ruth did, and I want to say a word about the orphans and the widows. You know what? There is a special place in the heart of God for people who are vulnerable. And that's what we say yes to as well. It is too easy for us to discriminate personally against people who we see as just a bit too needy on us. Are you with me? So it's easy in a different mindset to say, I just haven't got time. Just haven't got time. I haven't got time to be with that person. I haven't got money to give. I haven't got this. I haven't got that. And we live live in a lack mentality. We live in a lack mindset. So we don't say yes. We say, I don't think about it, which means no. I'll do it when I've got time, which means no. I'll do it if I feel like it, if I'm not too tired, which means no. God is at work amongst us and he is looking for people who are available to do his work. And if he tells you to do it and you don't do it, he will find somebody else who will. Friends, and then we can't say, well, God isn't using me. He desires to use us all. There is no difference between any of us. We are all the same. You understand? And the way he speaks to me will be exactly the same way as he speaks to you. It's a choice to say yes. It's a choice. And today isn't about, you don't know, I should say yes to everything. Do you want to come and get drunk tonight? Yes! Andrea said say yes. I have no way condoning that you say yes to sinful behaviours. Do not use what I am saying today to justify some of our more rubbishy decision making. You understand? Do not take what I am saying and say, God wants me to be available, so I think I should go to the pub and evangelise. That is not what I am saying. If the pub is a dangerous place for you, stay away from it. Yeah? Yeah? If some people are toxic for you, you stay out of that place. If some conversations online drag you into a, a, a way that you don't want to talk, you stay away from them. I am not saying yes to any of that stuff. I am saying you say yes to God and doing things God's way. And orphans and widows, as they are constantly referred to in the Bible, that is how we talk about them in the Bible. They have a special place in the heart of God. When we see need, where we see lack, where we see vulnerability and suffering, it is the call of God upon a Christian's heart to meet it and address it. 
whether you agree with that or not. In Jesus' name, amen. Because <coughs> he was all about that. He was all about that. Yes? Yeah. Yes. Now see, the thing I was saying yes is it doesn't cost us a thing. You are right with me though? Yeah. You agree? Yeah. Doesn't cost us a thing. But I would argue it's a luxury we can't afford to give up. So some of us will say no when we should be saying yes. That's a luxury I can't afford. I am determined and committed to living under the shadow of his wing and where he sends me, I will go, even if it means difficulties for me. And that means sometimes having to rely completely on him and thinking I haven't got time for this, I haven't got energy for this, I haven't got resources for this, but if you go with me, I'll go with you. Mm. Do you understand what yes means? It doesn't cost you anything, but it's a total flip in your mindset that says I can't afford to not to. Do you get it? Yeah. So we think we can't afford to, we can't afford not to. Yes? I am accompanied by drills. And I think I am a bit ground moving. <laughs> oh, see how it did. Oh, amazing. Right. Moving on. Number two. Okay, so number one is what? Say yes more. That's how you lose control of yourself and enter into this living free. Say yes more. Number two, add value where you can. Right? Add value where you can. Everyone is worthy of value. Yes? Yeah. You'd agree? Because all of us, here, outside, in our lives, every single person is born with value intrinsic to them because they are created in the image of the living God. Yes? So it isn't people who we ascribe value to are more valuable. Everyone has value in the eyes of God. Yes? Everyone has value in the eyes of God. Now I would hope as Christians we all recognise that. We all agree with that. We all know. Can we put the verse from Ruth 2 up, please, Lee? We all know that everyone is ascribed a certain amount of value. Okay? But what I would ask is this, before we jump into the verse. What I would ask us is this. Yes, we understand everyone has value. But how committed are we to adding value to the people we meet? We value, I can value you, Martin. I do value you. But am I adding value to you when I'm with you? It's not enough for me for value to just be a word. Oh, I really value you, thanks. How am I valuing? How am I adding to your day? When I interact with you or I'm with you, whether it's in person, online, a message, how am I adding value to your day in life? Do you understand the difference? It is not enough for us to be trite, throwaway Christians. Yeah, have a good day, God bless you. You know, how am I adding to your life? We will impact everyone we meet. Do you understand that? Everyone you interact with on a daily, you change. You change. So what are you adding to that day? Were you a bit crabby? Did you blank them? Did you say nothing? Did I smile? Did I do that? I can add value to your day in a heartbeat. I can add value to you in a heartbeat. And that is what we need to be doing as living free people. Not just relying on some godly truth which says everyone is valuable. I need to act like everyone is valuable. I need to deal with you like you are valuable. Do you understand? Yeah. It's another change of mindset. And again, this costs us nothing. It costs us nothing. So, second verse of Ruth now. They go and they go to work in a field. They have nothing. 
okay? They have nothing. So Ruth has to go and work. So out she goes to work. There wasn't even any jobs threshing and, cas and caskling, I nearly said then. That's caskling, not even Welsh. It's a Welsh and English thing. Collecting and picking up after. And there wasn't enough work for her to do. So what her job was, she would follow behind the caskliers, the collectors, and she would pick up the bits they dropped. You with me? So her job all day, every day, was this. Was going behind people and picking up what they didn't want. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm going with this. What you do is nothing. Nothing. When it comes to your value. How much you earn? What you say you do? None of that matters to your value. If you are working as unto the Lord, you have value intrinsic to you. Whatever we do, we submit to it with a happy heart, don't we? And we do it to the Lord. This stuff costs us nothing. It's back-breaking work sometimes, but the truth is it costs me nothing to value people. You with me? Yeah. It costs me not, I mean, I mean, I really want you to take this in, okay? Because I think we say it and we mean it. We really mean it from a good place, but I'm not sure we always do it. We are called not to just value people, but to physically, actually, purposefully, intentionally add value to people. That is an intention. It is an act. Are you with me? Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you're very quiet, and frankly, it's off-putting. Like, here we go. God was replied. I've been told, oh, this is what Ruth, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. Picking up stuff off the floor so that Naomi had enough to eat, because no one was looking after them. How you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. You see, what we do is, there's another verse, it goes on. So he feeds Naomi, he says to her, uh, he feeds Ruth, he says, you can come, oh here we are, she says, may I continue to find favour in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servants, though I do not have the understanding. Of one of your, the standing of one of your servants. And what he does, he says to her, you can come and work in this field. That's fine, you can come and work in this field. I've seen what you've done. I've seen what you're doing for other people. So I want you to come and work in this field. And he tells the workers, leave plenty for her to pick up. But he feeds her as well. And it says this. And do you know when you notice things, you think, I've never seen that written down before. He says this, okay? She ate all she wanted and had some left over. <coughs> She ate all she wanted, the kindness of others, okay? So adding value. She ate all she wanted and she had some left over. God fills us up so we can feed other people. So what she had left over she could take to Naomi. God isn't filling you up so you can know more. God isn't filling you up so you can feel great. All of that stuff's a really happy byproduct of it, isn't it? But he's filling you up so you can fill other people. He's filling yeah. us up so we can fill other people, yeah. not keep it to ourselves. So every time you want to make a catty comment, every time I want to be a little bit irritated and frustrated with people, I have to remember God is filling me up to fill other people. And they deserve more than nothing from me. 
So how are we adding value? That's what I want to ask us today. How are we adding value? You see, the hallmark of a life lived freely is somebody who is abounding in joy, peace, love, mercy, grace. Right? All those things. If you leave somebody feeling drained, you have not had any value added to you. If somebody leaves your company angry at somebody else, having indulged in a bit of like gossip, because that's nice. It is nice, listen to me. Gossip is poison and it tastes delicious, right? It tastes delicious. We love it, we can't get enough of it. And that's why it's so bad for us. When we indulge in those conversations, we have, ha ha we have added godly value to no one. In fact, we have even removed it from ourselves. And when we are in a place where we have reduced someone to a catalogue of catty comments and unkind words, what we have done is dehumanised them. We have stripped them of their dignity and value that is intrinsic to them because they are created in the image of the living God. And we are never, friends, we are never more unchristlike when we are withholding love from someone. Because Jesus loves us. God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. When we reduce people to a nasty conversation, we are never, ever, ever more ungodlike than that. Do you understand? Because when we reduce the very pinnacle of God's creation to nothing, we are spitting in the eye of God himself. Honestly, this is if, if you we if we get caught up in conversations, listen now. Sometimes we're in conversations where we are constructively criticizing, or there are issues we need to sort out. Again, I'm not saying you take my words and use them just to have a go at people. Do you understand? I'm saying, okay, there was an issue in work. We need to sit down and have a chat about that because there's some points for development and things we need to work on. That is a totally different conversation than sitting with your workmates over a coffee in the staff room going, guess what she's done today? You with me? Yeah. That is a totally different conversation to meeting someone for a coffee so that you can say, mm, you know, you should have heard what they said today. Or you introducing a conversation and starting to stir the pot. How did you feel about the word today? Yeah. Oh, little foxes? Little foxes eating up the vines. How did you feel she did today? Tell me what you thought Angie's word was like today. Just as a prelude for you to tear me to shreds. Roasted Andrew for Sunday lunch. <laughs> crack on, crack on, because that is the famine in your own heart, not mine. Do you understand? We are never, and I'm sorry if that sounds harsh, but it is true. If I am in a position where I withhold love from anyone, why? Because it fits in with my own mediocre, played down, watered down, Jesus, diet Jesus, light version of my own heart. I tell you what, it's on me, not you. It's That's on me. If I'm projecting out all my insecurities onto another person because I can't bear to see them free and their freedom offends me because I'm in chains, that's on me, not them. Right? That's on me, not them. So my mindset needs to change. And I should be saying, I want what she's got. How do I get that? And God's going, oh, Andre, if only you'd listen. It's all here for you. Listen to me, not them. Say yes more. 
say yes more. See that person who does your head in? Yeah. See that person whose freedom offends the life of you because you're so wound up in chains? Go meet with them, add value. You go and meet with them and you add value to them. I love what you've got on today. Yeah. What you said today was awesome. Thank you for encouraging me, I really like that. Yeah. You go, you add value. You've got a problem with someone, go add value to them. Yeah. <laughs> go add value to them. Sitting in a room here today, here's the challenge. Oh, here's the challenge, you're ready. I'm gonna lean against the lectern of justice to assure this. Ready? Today when we have coffee, Talk to someone different to the one whose table you're normally on. What? She said it. She said it. Go to a different table. Speak to someone you've never spoken to before. Because you know what happens? We go to people we we feel safe with. Because they make us feel alright. We know they'll be okay to us. So you know what? When we're speaking to people we've never met before or haven't spoken to before, some of us are introverts. I know, that's me. I'm really shy. Don't know what it is. Just a bit of light upon my life, right? Some of us find that difficult. I get that, I get that. But you know what? You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Yeah? You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So today, we sit at the same table, talking to the same people, having the same conversations, because it's safe. Live dangerously, church. Live dangerously. Go out and speak to different people. Sit and, I know, sit on a different table. The world will spin off its axis. No, it won't. Do you know what will happen? You will build relationships and connections with people you did not know before. And God's heart is pleased. God's heart rejoices. Because point three to living free is be generous. Generosity is a mindset. Generosity is nothing to do with material things, understand? Generosity is everything to do with you thinking what you can afford or not. And God died and gave me eternal life. I think I can afford to be generous with people. I think I can afford it. Oh, I haven't got time. There are castles outside this door that have been stood for thousands of years. We've got time. We've got time. We've got time. But we withhold that because we're not sure. We're not sure. But you know the call parts. Can we put the verses from Ruth 3 up? So I'm just challenging us today. Let's be generous with who we are, with what we are, because when we're generous, we build relationships. So this is what happens, okay? So Naomi said, ha ha, Boaz, you say. His field, hold on, a cotton picking minute, or a wheat threshing minute, whatever she said. She said, he's our kinsman redeemer. He is the man who's going to save us and rescue us. And this is what I want you to do. You go and work in his field. And then you go to him and you be his servant. Now, some of you are thinking, hello, Andrea, 21st century, enlightened female. Are you telling me I should be a man's servant? No, I am not. Wait with me just a minute. We'll explain that. Okay, so here's the verse. So she goes to Boaz in the dead of night. Yes? And she pulls back the blanket on his feet. Some of you. I saw the faces. She's going to say that in church. She flings back the duvet. And she lies at the base of his feet. And she just goes to sleep there. So off they go to sleep. And he wakes and she says, Who are you? As you would. I'm not being funny. If somebody woke up and somebody was at, the, you know, at your feet, you'd be like, What's going on? 
<laughs> You're right, babe. You know, so, who are you? Who are you? He asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. The kindness, this kindness is greater than that which you have showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. Boaz rich, I'm just saying. Um, yeah, whether rich or poor. So, this is the thing that I want you to take away today. She supplicated herself to him as a manner of a servant. Being someone's servant does not mean servitude. Right? So what she's doing here is actually, and I want us to remember this, you see, Ruth, the whole book of Ruth, the legacy of the book of Ruth is Jesus himself. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the kinsman redeemer going and saying, I'm not worth anything, but you could do this for my family. And he says, I will redeem everything that you have lost. So when Ruth goes and says, I will be your servant, we are reminded, are we not, of someone else who came to this earth and said, I am a servant. For Christ Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but took on the nature of a servant and humbled himself, even to death upon a cross. So that, and it goes on, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And they do this where? Oh, they do it over the earth and they do it under the earth as well because everything and everybody will know that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That is what Ruth was doing. She wasn't saying, just make my life a bit more comfortable. When we are generous to people, we're not saying, well, aren't I marvellous? Look how nice I am to you. Look how lovely I am. We're saying Jesus Christ is Lord. We cannot afford to not be generous. Do you understand? We cannot afford to not be generous because Jesus bought it off. I'm going to whiz forward. I know when James gets to his keyboard, it's time to kick on. Ready? I've got any George Michael. I've got any George Michael. Right, part four. You ready? Here we go. Point four to live it free, reinvent yourself. Yeah? Reinvent yourself. Do you know what I believe? And I love Jesus for it. Every leopard can change its spots. Yeah. Everybody let. Do you know what? There is nothing more unhelpful, is there, than when you're trying to change, people like to remind you of who you used to be. Yeah. Oh, oh, that is a meanness and a spite that is from the pit of hell, friends. Do not believe those words over your life. If you are in the business of partnering with Jesus to change, you crack on. Yeah. Do not allow anybody into your life, into your hearing, who tells you, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? I remember you when you used to fill in blank. Nah, 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 nah. I absolutely believe in a God of redemption. Hallelujah. I absolutely believe in a God who delights in a changed life. I believe in a God of transformation. I believe in a God of enlightenment. I believe in a God of change. So rather than seeing all the barriers that I could put in your way to change it, I see the opportunities that God has given you. And I delight in those opportunities. And I facilitate those opportunities. And I empower you with those opportunities. That is how we are generous. That is how we reinvent ourselves. Do you understand? 
You know what, I work with young people who are traumatized. Traumatized. Some of the stories I could tell you, I never, ever will. Because it's bad enough they're in my head, I don't want them in yours. That's what people are living with. That's what children and young people are living with, and they are traumatized. They are traumatized, and they make bad choices. Oh, 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 hysteria, they make really bad choices. Really bad choices. But you know what's awful is when they try to change and people say, yeah, but you know what he's like. You know what he's like. He'll never change, he's 14. He's 14. So we join in with a baying crowd and we put a little post on Facebook and we call them scumbags. They know you think they're scumbags. That's part of the reason they behave as they do. Why would they do any different? You wanna call me that crack on? I'll carry on behaving like this. We are in the business of transformation, people, because we have been rescued. We have been plucked out of deepest, darkest hell by Jesus Christ. So we should care when other people are on their way there. And we should do everything in our power to make sure they don't. Do you understand? We have been regenerated and revived and redeemed and we would stop that in other people. Why? Because they're a bit difficult. Because they might take a bit too much of our time. Because do you know what? I've got enough going on, Andrea. Got enough going on. Oh, add value, friend. Add value. Be generous. Say yes. This is how we live now. You know what? We can have a relationship. The call upon God, we were built for relationship with our most high God. And we demonstrate that fully when we have a relationship with other people. Don't we? So even though I'm studious, some of you are sat further away with me, some are closer. That's how life is. You connect with some in a way we won't connect with others. But that doesn't mean that you sit at the furthest back that I say goodbye to. That I only care about those who are nearest to me in this bit of my circle. You're allowed in, because I like you. Oh, I, I'll, I'll put up with you, because I like you. I'll have to do it with you, because I'm related to you. Oh, you were nice to me once, so I'll repay that. No, you weren't, Martin. You're always horrible. <laughs> but this is my circle. I decide who comes into that. I'll decide if I like you. I'll decide if I help you. I'll decide if we get to chat. I'll decide if I pray for you. I'll decide. I'll decide what bits of me I'll show to you. I'll decide how much honesty there is between us. I'll decide. No, 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 no. It was for freedom Christ Jesus set you free. And in your freedom, you set other people free. Do you understand? So if I keep me to me, I'll never, ever connect with you. We are called to connect with people. Do you understand? Is this okay? I'm withdrawing. No, I'm not. I'm giving the word of the Lord. Hold on. But this, at the end, you see, can we go to verse 4 quickly? Chapter 4, rather. At the end of it all, Boaz and Ruth are married. And she had a son. And she named the son Obed. And Obed fathered Jesse. And Jesse fathered a boy called David. And from King David comes the line of Jesus. You see, when we live free, we birth Jesus into other people. Jesus is in control. He wants dominion in our lives. We are a living conduit to how Jesus is represented on this earth. 
people will know Jesus because of how we treat them. Do you understand? People will know Jesus because of how you treat them. And if they walk away with a version of Jesus that is tact, that is mean, that has no joy, that has no peace, that delights in running people down, that doesn't give, that is the version of Jesus they will take away. That is the ver- listen to me, that is the version of Jesus people will take away. So the call upon us, and I'm gonna finish with this, the call upon us is not to be. We spot the gaps. So we don't build on the barriers. We spot the opportunities, yes? We don't build barriers for people. We maximize their opportunities so that we can worship lavishly as we've heard today. That we can give unwearingly, that we have faith unyieldingly, that we are servants diligently, that our compassion is unending, that our faith lifts people up, that our love resonates. We are walking, talking love letters to Jesus. You understand? So when people walk away with a version of Jesus that isn't that, we, we have created that image. We have twisted the narrative of our own end. And today, friends, I urge you with everything that is in me to be set free because other people depend on it. You are filled to fill others. You are blessed to bless others. You are transformed to be transformational in the lives of others. That's a luxury I can't afford to bypass. So when we're here today, where we're all collected here today, would you stand on your feet, please? Would you all stand if you're able to? I'd love you to stand. I've just woken some people up, I'm telling you. Today, in the hearing of all these people, we stand as one to be set free in Christ Jesus. Because I know how hard that is. I know we look at our lives and we fear freedom because it looks like a hard choice. I'm telling you now, my friends, you need to be set free. Even if you're free and you think, I don't need to be any freer, oh, there's always a bit more freedom. That's how Jesus works. There's always a bit more freedom. His cup runs over. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't stay the same. There's always more freedom to be had. And so today, I'm going to pray. And I want you to lift your voices in worship. And I want you to lift your hands. And I want you to open your heart and cry out for the freedom that Jesus has purchased for you. You ready? Lord Jesus, we stand here today and we worship you, Lord Jesus, and we thank you for everything you've given to us. We thank you for your word, Lord Jesus. We thank you and we thank you for everything you bought for us so dearly on the cross. And we thank you that you raised from the dead and you sit at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, Lord, crying out for us, Lord, for that every need that we would satisfy, that you would see, that you would see healing amongst us, Lord, that you would see freedom amongst us, Lord. And this
This message was brought to you from Calon Church. If you want to know more, please check us out online at calon.church.